Friends, this morning we are in the middle of a new sermon series during um, February, during Black History Month called Rest in Love. And you'll find that um, as we send you resources throughout the week and throughout this month, that um, they will be etched or basically anchored in the writings, the thinking, the songs, the contemplative practices that have been birthed out of either black church tradition or black creatives, black writers, black authors, uh, black poets, um, that we might see how our lives are changed not only uh, by the words of these uh, wonderful creators, but also by their works. Um, and this morning, and also through the month of February, one of the things that I am going to do as your pastor is to lean into the traditions that I um, was shaped by. I grew up in the, in the black church, and who I am as a pastor didn't just come based off of when I went off to seminary or got theological training. Who I am as a pastor very much is deeply rooted and anchored in the people who loved me in the churches that I grew up in, specifically, Wesley Murray and Campbell Hill. I used to go to three churches on a Sunday, friends, uh, because my dad was a pastor. And so, um, I rest in love because I rest in a tradition that loved me. So this morning, as I rest in this tradition, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Any way you fix it, Lord, will be all right with me. Any way you fix it, Lord, will be all right with me. When I have done my best, I'm going home to take my rest. Any way you fix it, Lord, it'll be all right with me. God, whatever you do with my words, make more of them. Whatever you do with what I say, stretch them. However these sentences are formed, God, breathe upon them. I will do my very best, O oh God, but I will allow you to do the work. Gracious God, speak, for your people are listening. Amen. This morning, our scripture lesson comes from Colossians chapter 3, beginning with the 12th verse. And uh, the passage of scripture reads as such. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, when I was growing up in the church, it was not uncommon on a Sunday to spend most of the day in church and then go home, get a little something to eat, change clothes, and go to another church to spend some time there. I grew up going to usher anniversaries, 100 women in white youth choir anniversaries. Where there was a time for celebration, we celebrated. Now here's the thing about whenever you went to a guest church, how you showed up very much had um, a lot to do with the context of that church, especially, my friends, if you were going to a Pentecostal holiness church. Y'all, okay, y'all are not with me, but that's okay. Somebody on Facebook Live is with me. It really mattered how you showed up whenever you would go to a Pentecostal holiness church. For instance, if I was going to a holiness church, I knew that I probably did not need to show up in pants no matter how I wanted to wear pants. I needed to be wearing a dress or a skirt, and that dress or that skirt needed to be covering all of my joints, i.e. my knees and my elbows. Put something on your arms. But here was the thing that used to get me whenever I would have to go to a holiness church. I would get to the door and the ushers might point and say, which meant I needed to take off my earrings. Now y'all don't understand, I am not fully dressed unless I'm wearing my earrings. I sleep in earrings, I take a shower in earrings, I wear earrings all the time. And in the culture that I am from, as a infant, I got earrings. I did not have to wait till I was a teenager or a child. When I was an infant, I had earrings. I do not feel like I am put together if I don't have earrings. But if I was going to a holiness church and the usher did that, I knew, bop, 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 and I would just cover my ears like, Lord, I am so sorry. They are so bare before you right now. Now here, I am not um, here to debate the theology of my Pentecostal holiness siblings because in all honesty, moving in and out of different church contexts helped me to have a reverence for contexts. So I'm not, I'm not going to debate the theology. That's not what I'm doing today. But I do want to highlight that there are those who do believe that something about your outer appearance or what you are wearing or how you are adorned says something about your interior life and your spiritual life. And even if it feels a little bit odd to you that there are those who don't want you to wear earrings when you are worshiping, there are other ways when we try to signal with, to people with our outward appearance, maybe some connection or relationship to faith or connection or relationship to God. It could be the ichthus tattoo that you got when you uh, were in college. It could be the Hebrew lettering that you have um, on your tattoo. It might be the matching t-shirts that you have that have a particular passage of scripture on them. There are ways that we might signal with our outward appearance some connection or relationship to our faith or to God. And Colossians chapter 3 totally disrupts this notion that our outward appearance is what speaks to our interior or our spiritual lives. 
The writer to the church in Colossae says this, um, as God's chosen ones and beloved, I want you to clothe yourselves in the new life. So in the first part of this letter to the church in Colossae, um, the writer says, listen, let go of your old life. You are no longer clothed in the patterns or the behaviors that really literally caused you death uh, inwardly. But I need you to be clothed in new life. Now, the writer didn't say, I need you to wear some cute red bottom shoes, some boot cut pants, a nice, you know, like uh, top that shows just your collarbone. That's not what the, what the writer said. The writer says, I want you to clothe yourselves in meekness and humility. Basically, don't take up too much space, but don't take up little, too much little space. I want you to clothe yourselves in compassion. That doesn't mean just being nice. It means literally having a care and sympathy and empathy for people in the very depths of your heart. Be clothed in patience. That's grace and action. How we extend goodness to other people. Be clothed in forgiveness. Basically, I'm not going to let the harm or the hurt that others have done to me have power over me so I can release it. And the same way that Christ has forgiven us, that we are to forgive others. And then above all else, clothe yourselves in love. The writer in this chapter of Colossians said nothing about our adornments or what we wear or what might signal to people that we are God's people, that you can see with your outer eye. Instead, the writer to the church in Colossae said, the way in which you move through the world, how you're compassionate, how you are kind, um, how you forgive, how you show patience, how you love, this is how people are going to know something about your inner life, your spiritual life, your interior way of being, that you are no longer held captive by the old ways of being, but that you want to live a new life. This is how the world will know who you rock with, <laughs> friends. But I don't want us to overlook the above all else. After the writer says, um, clothe yourselves in compassion, meekness, humility, patience, and forgiveness. Clothe yourselves in kindness, but above all else, basically. But the thing that brings the whole thing together, friends, you, you know how it is when you put plateau, you put something on it, it's like, and it brings it all to, but the thing that brings it all together, above all else, clothe yourselves in love. There's a sense that there's this quality, this texture, this something about love that puts it over the top. Love is who God is. Clothe yourselves like God. The above all else. Now, this is um, the, the, um, the most interesting thing about love. There are times when the church is critiqued for talking about love too much. If you hear the critique, they talk about love way too much. They focus on love way too much. 
Well, then how then um, are we to feel good about the above all else? <laughs> if we're told, mm, don't be extra with your love. But I think it's um, for this reason, is that we need to actually come and disrupt the love that they tell us we do too much with, or we talk too much about, or that we live too much into. I think when sometimes folks push up against love and that the church talks about love, they're actually um, misrepresenting love. Thinking that love means being dismissive or indifferent or just letting anything go. That to love your neighbor is not to also love, uh, hold your neighbor in account or to love your enemy is to let your enemy just be a hot fool. No, that's not what love is. Love is always transformative in its nature. Love isn't just something God does. Love is who God is. So that love creates, love sustains, love provides, love supports, love redeems, love restores. So if your love looks like that, If your love looks like the love and song of Solomon that is stronger than death, even stronger than the grave. If your love looks like the love that is displayed in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that it is patient, that it is kind, that it bears all things, that it hopes all things, that it endures all things, that even when it's in a lineup with hope and faith, that love is the greatest. If the love that you are wearing helps you to know what it is to show up as a holy friend, because greater love has no one than the one who would give everything away, and not in a codependent way, but in a way where there is servanthood and transformation and change. This love that is reflected in the ways in which we show up for other people and the ways in which we show up for God and the ways in which God shows up for us. If your love looks like this, <laughs> if that's the thing that puts it all together, let it be your above all else. <laughs> and push back up against those who would say, mm, it's too much. Because above all else, we are to be clothed in love. We not only rest in love, we wear love. Would you hear me? We not only rest in love, we get to wear love. It brings it all together. If you are not adorned or wearing anything that might signal to others, if you are clothed in love, you are clothed in God.
Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we, we come to you as our master tailor. That you might knit together a crown upon our heads, a mantle of joy about our shoulders. that you would make us to look like you in this world. God, would you clothe us in meekness and humility? That we might take off haughtiness? Would you clothe us in patience and in grace? Where we wear frustration? Would you clothe us in forgiveness if we have been adorned in a grudge? Would you place upon us compassion? And above all else, O oh God, you who are our master tailor, Would you clothe us in love? We trust that when we rest in your love and that transformative power that creates and sustains and redeems and restores, a power that makes us holy friends, prophets and neighbors to each other, that it so changes us from the inside out that we look like love in this world and if we are ever critiqued oh God for what we are wearing would you remind us that when you take a look at us when we're clothed in these gifts that you have made for us that your voice alone is what matters when you say to us that we look very good. This we pray in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, 